0: Yeah, I'm recording, but (laughs) yeah, so um,
1: I'm Gilda, and I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about, um, I was going to say weed, but it's Saturday Night Live. That's what I'm here precisely to talk about.
0: (laughs) I mean, we could talk about weed, too. I'm smoking something I Pineapple... D. De- don't fucking know. It was some, like, three-for-two cart deal or some shit, and then the guy was hitting on me and gave me a free pre-roll, so whatever. Um, yeah, so tonight we are talking about Season 47, Episode 5. It aired on November 6th, 2021, and it was hosted by Kieran Kalkin with s- musical performances by Ed Sheeran.
1: Yeah, um i guess we'll get right on into it with uh cold open which was justice with judge janine cecily strong who really killed it this episode fuck she was so good uh yeah it was just a
0: it was a janine piero cold open i don't know why it was like nine fucking minutes long especially seeing as there were like seven things cut for time And, like, they could have cut this in half and fit one of those. It was just too bloated. It was too long. We don't need cold opens to be ten minutes. Not that much happened.
1: Um, Wait, seven cover times? Am I
0: crazy? no, No, no. So, okay. They were sketches that were cut for time. And if a sketch is cut for time, they generally don't post it unless they know it's, like, seasonal or they won't be doing it again. Because, like... Um, they could reuse it with a future host. So there were seven cut for times, but they only posted one for Weekend Update. The other sketches weren't put on air. Okay, that makes sense. It's like there's, yeah. So um, it's like if it's a seasonal sketch or a musical sketch or something topical, they will post it on YouTube. But if they could reuse it at a future point, they won't. And there was something that apparently was in last Episodes cut for time that was also in this episode's cut for time, and or not cut for time, but it was like cut and dress, cut it dress. So, um, yeah, okay, so we had Pete Davidson as Aaron Rodgers, Alex Moffat as Glenn Youngkin, the guy that just won the governorship in Virginia, Heidi Gardner as Helen Stevens, a mother who. Was on a board of education and she was talking about books banned, the books that were banned. And then we, at long last, had James Austin Johnson.
1: Yes, his yes! Trump. Woo!
0: Yeah, we finally had his Trump, which, to be perfectly honest, was so good it was scary.
1: Yeah, it really was good. I had never seen it before and I was really impressed with what I saw here.
0: I had actually seen it on TikTok, and this was before I was even on TikTok, but I just saw some link that was like, yo, look at this comedian's Donald Trump impression, and then like, six months later, it was like, oh, they hired the guy from TikTok with the Trump impression, so.
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> who was this written by?
0: Uh, so, I don't know. Ooh. SNL standby line, uh, y'all Y'all gotta like, get with your game, because it is Monday night, and I don't have writers, and I am way too high and way too scattered to round that shit up. So it was written by someone on the SNL writing staff. I suppose, like, I I can't look it up. I'm FaceTiming with you and I'm recording on the iPad. I have no more devices. This is it, baby.
1: Yeah, that's valid. SNL stats guys, thank you for your work. Um, I wasn't even SNL
0: stats, it's standby line that fucking does the writing, or at least that's who did it last ride, but yeah, okay, also, yes, we should, SNL stats guys, please, yes, thank you for your work, because I can't do numbers
1: either. (laughs) where were Uh, we in this oh uh
0: cold open it was just like the newbie is trump and it was just a normal fucking political tv topical like news of the past week and a half they covered and it was very generic not one of the strongest parts of tonight's show or last saturday night's whenever the fuck it aired i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) i have to agree with you on that it just it was all right it was just,
0: I've seen it a fucking, I've seen it two dozen times before. I've been watching SNL for fucking like, I don't know. I almost said 25 years, but that's not the case. Uh, let's say 15 years. Um, yeah, actually 15. Jesus Christ. Don't love that. Um, so yeah, we go into Karen Culkin's monologue, which I, I fucking loved it. I They've been doing this letting the host do their own bit for the monologue, not having cast members, not doing questions and answers, and it's fresh. It feels like it's, like, it's back to basics, but it doesn't feel like a
1: gimmick. Yeah, and he got to talk about his first experience on SNL and show footage yes. of The Good Nights, him getting picked up by Kevin Nealon. It was really cute.
0: Yeah, he was like, I was in two, he he was like, I was in three sketches, two out of three, which are not problematic. So I want to go back and watch and figure out what the fuck sketch was problematic that he was in. Um, I thought the bit where he was like, yeah, they picked up my brother. And then here I am over here, like me, I want uppies to Kevin Nealon. It was just, I don't know, just his delivery. You could tell he was having so much fun. And he was just like, I'm not going to, quote, shame the family, unquote. And it just, it was just so dry. It was, I mean, there's a part of him, and I don't think you've seen Succession yet, have you? Correct, I have not yet seen it. Okay, well, that is some shit that you need to get on. You have access to my HBO, so fucking Mm -hmm. get on it. Season three is better than season two, and season two was amazing. Um, Ariel will agree with me uh ariel ariel i don't know how to pronounce your name i'm sorry i'm a reader um but uh yeah monologue was great yes
1: okay and now it's time to talk about the uh first sketch of the night which was a phone call to spectrum cable by karen and Colkin. um Kieran, sorry no way by Karen Culkin, and <laughs> <laughs> um, he was um, canceling his cable, but he could not because the cable, phone, customer service people really keep trying to loop him back in. I love this.
0: Yeah, <coughs> they were like, do you want a landline? No, I don't want a landline. Okay, let me pass you to someone else and you just keep getting kicked up the line to other departments and as someone who has um well i don't have spectrum but i have another much uh, hated internet um monopoly no provider i don't know internet yeah much hated internet provider yeah i was to say conglomerate i think that works but that's too big of a word for me being so high so let's say internet provider let's go with yours um so yeah, this is what it's fucking like trying to call and change service or get it hooked up or cancel it, and then it turns to like he gets connected to uh, the Spectrum God,
1: <laughs> Bowen and Yang.
0: it was Bo and Yang. Yeah, he was like as Spectrum or something. And he was like, yes, I can do anything. Do you want a landline? And he was like, no! Karen Culkin was trying not to break at a certain point during this sketch. And it was just the most adorable thing. So I was like, oh, fuck. If this is the first sketch and he's trying not to laugh. Like, ha- like he's relating to this. He's laughing at it. Like, who has Kieran Culkin yelled at? Or been on the phone with? Where he's like, god damn- No, I don't want to play the fucking crosswords. Anyway, sorry. Um, Yeah. Cecily Strong as the hold voice I thought was also amazing. I love her, like, automated voiceover. Like, when she portrays a robot or some shit, It's she's just so good at it.
1: Yeah. Um, there was a moment where he got transferred to Domino's, and it was Andrew Dismukes. And Andrew Dismukes in this episode really had some great moments. Uh, he, he did. Yeah. Just his character, the punchline was, I'm high as hell from the Domino's Um Employee, that was great.
0: And it was funny because Kieran Culkin was like, um, You're the most competent person I've spoken to today. And that was his response. Andrew Dismukes was like in two or three sketches, but had like the good lines. Like he made an impact. And I really, I mean, it truly shows you, you don't have to be all the fuck over the place in order to make your mark on SNL because I remember Andrew Dismuke, Cecily Strong, and like a couple other things, but that's what stands out for me. Sidebar. I saw on Twitter somebody was like, like Kate McKinnon, she comes back and like she's gonna get a ridiculous, like way too long applause break, and we're all gonna be annoyed by it. But like, does she even need to come back at this point? Like the cast is doing fine. And I am ashamed to admit that I completely forgot she was still on the show.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't remember to look for her in the credits, but I did have the thought as the episode was starting, like, oh, who can I expect to see tonight other than possibly Ed Sheeran or definitely Karen Culkin. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I was just like, oh yeah, right. She technically is still on the show because we're five episodes in, and fine, we didn't see Aidy or Cecily till mid-season last year either, but their absence was missed. Like it was cle- it was like apparent they weren't there. Whereas, okay. oh, there was uh, a <laughs> there was one more thing during this, where I think it was Cecily Strong was like, "Do you have a question about your bill? Ask your husband." And Karen Culkin was like wow, what the, oh no. And I, I really laughed at that.
1: So. Uh, there was also a moment where uh, Melissa Villasenor and Sarah Sherman were playing customer service reps who answered at the same time. And it was great seeing them get to like work off each other. I don't think we've seen that yet.
0: We have not. And I have, I have that written down and now I know it was, I, I just wrote down SS and MVS. No other words, no keywords, no codes, nothing. Just assumed I would remember what it meant. Um, they kind of look alike and they sound alike. and I thought it was kind of a meta thing that it's like, oh, we both picked up at the same time. Ha, ha ha. We kind of feel the same thing on the show. They fill the same role.
1: Yeah. and it was
0: oh God, I, I'm
1: loving the meta jokes
0: this season. I really am.
1: Yes, um, me too. The next sketch was a pre-tape, and it was the heist. I assume if I say today
0: was a no-bones day, you know what I mean? Um, no? Noodles the pug? No? Nothing? I don't think
1: I've... Mm, this is not... None of this okay. is speaking about. So,
0: okay, so on TikTok, there was a pug named Noodles, and this guy, every day... When his dog is sleeping, he pulls it to an upright position. And if the dog stays standing, it's a bones day, which means we're going to be productive. And if the dog flops over, it's a no bones day, which means, nah, we're not. It's going to be a lazy day. And we're just going to fuck off and do the bare minimum. And there's an entire generation of people taking their cues from a fucking 13 year old pug on TikTok. But today was a no bones day.
1: It's kind of like spoons. Like, you don't have the spoons to do something. Spoon theory. It's a thing. Are you talking about heroin? No, 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 no. It's like, if somebody asks you to do something... It's like, if
0: you've done heroin, we need to stop this and we need to have a conversation, bitch. No, 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 no. Literally never.
1: Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay, thank you. Good to know. (laughs) Of course. Uh, But it's just like a... I guess like a saying that... I guess people have learned in therapy. I didn't learn it from my therapist, um, but it's just a way of saying, like, if you have the energy for something, like, oh, I don't have the spoons for that. Oh! Oh, I do know what you're, Okay,
0: yeah, basically, but it's more of, like, just a fun, like, okay, are we gonna stay in bed and sweats and just be like, Bleh. Or are we gonna have a productive day? It's just a pug deciding people's energies. It's fucking bizarre but anyway yeah no um no bones day something I can't fucking remember how we got onto that anyway uh so yeah we had the heist uh Chris Red was the thief Mikey Day was the hacker Kieran Culkin was the mastermind I keep hitting these hangers I'm recording in my closet for the first time tonight so I'm learning um
1: I'm on. recording my, my apartment cover. for the first time tonight so I'm really learning <laughs> Yes! It's so exciting! And now we're both, like,
0: women in, like, our own apartments and, like, we're doing our own thing. Like, Hell yeah. you... You are killing it right now. Thank you. Just letting you know. Uh, yeah, so, it was basically a heist sketch and Chris Red was trying to steal a Lamborghini <laughs> and Heidi Gardner was, like, the head of a Russian mob... And the joke was that Chris Red needed to steal the car, but it was a stick shift and he can't drive stick? (laughs) And he got, yeah.
1: This was too relatable because I've tried to learn twice now and both times it looked just like it did in this sketch. Um, And it was so funny when he was like on the phone trying to figure it out. I I just couldn't have life of me.
0: (laughs) No! I have never once tried to drive stick. I hope I never have to, because I have no fucking idea. And the funny thing is, is that my grandmother would, like, refuse to drive anything but stick. And she would drive with both of her feet if she was in an automatic car. So she would gas with, like, her left and brake with her right. And it was very weird, very herky-jerky. Do not recommend driving with old people.
1: Yeah, what the fuck is that? Um, so basically going into people who are a little bit older, is this ageist? I'm going to say this, (laughs) um, Dionne
0: Warwick is old. I don't think that is ageist for anyone to say. Like she is an elderly performer at this point. She is like 70 plus. I am fairly sure that being said, I'm happy they did this while she was still alive even if we could see it coming from miles away
1: yes I was so glad to see her like actually on this sketch especially since the sketch seemed to be going a little bit hard um Mm -hmm. like on her at times I was like holy shit they're really just making these jokes huh um but it was really funny it was cracking me up um she was saying her nemesis is Wendy Williams and she went to get her booster live on air and just straight up. Didn't
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Oh wow. I, don't, I didn't feel a thing. Well, you didn't get the booster Dion. Um, I, yeah, no, Egon Wodum was a goddamn national treasure last night. Um, her niece, quote unquote, Brittany Punky Johnson was the producer. <laughs> we had Chloe Feynman as Miley Cyrus, Kieran Culkin is Jason Mraz, which was a weird-ass throwback from, like, my high school days.
1: Um, right. do you even know like, doesn't who? have any songs out, but... No, do you know who that is? Yeah, of course, because, yeah, well, that was, like, my middle school. Uh,
0: okay, fine. Okay, fine. I suppose that's accurate. Um... <laughs> sometimes it's like oh yeah she's the same age as me and other times I'm like oh no she's the age she is and then other times I'm like I don't know if she remembers that and it's like well she was like alive she was she was aware
1: I was listening to Jason Mraz baby
0: also had Ed Sheeran, um, as himself, which, happy he was allowed to come into the country with his whole COVID thing, and apparently his 15-year-old daughter had it as well, and his wife was, like, away, traveling or visiting people, and that's why she didn't get it? Nice. The New York City Mute Life. Yeah! Um... But yeah, uh, Dion Warwick was like, you got a song called South of the Border. Oh, you nasty. And to be perfectly honest, I fucking love Ed Sheeran's, like, collaborations number six or whatever the fuck it's called. It is a good album. You can dance the shit. It's the perfect, like, late July evening album. Like, you're dancing. You've had a drink. I straight up...
1: I have oh. not heard one of these songs until this episode and now I need to listen to all of them.
0: Okay, so Collaborations number 6 was an album that came out in 2019. His most recent album, Divide is what he was promoting. I will send you both. I mean, you're you're in my Apple family, so you can find The Divide, but I will show I will send you fucking Collaborations cuz oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, Ed Sheeran. Personally, I think he peaked with his last solo album and the Collaborations album. This album I'm kind of meh on,
1: but... Oh, wait, I've definitely heard a few of those now that I think about it. Okay. Duh. What's that thing with Beyonce he did?
0: I don't know about shit with Beyonce. That's something else. That's not on his (laughs) album. Um, anyway, so we've had a lot of, and then, okay, so, oh, Pete Davidson comes out as Post Malone. She's like, ooh, not Machine Gun Kelly. He scared me the last time I was here. Pete Davidson also played Machine Gun Kelly. And, um, so he comes out as Post Malone, and she's like, oh, no, I can't do this. But then the actual motherfucking Dionne Warwick comes out, and I was just like, thank God. Thank God they got to do this while she was still here. Like, and it was just wholesome
1: as fuck. It was wholesome. Um, And the next sketch, I don't think I would describe as wholesome, Mm -hmm. but definitely entertaining. Um, The next sketch was the bathroom of an office, and it starts out, and it's Bow and Yang, which, okay, fucking love him in every sketch ever, so I was excited to see this. And then Chris Redd came in, and they were at the urinals near each other, and this whole sketch... Featured these like, asides with really dramatic lighting and I think music too, but I wasn't really listening that closely. Um, and it started with <sighs> bon Yang, which made me crack up.
0: Well, oh, sorry, <laughs> I had a long ass day today. It was just boring as hell. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I, it was basically just like different monologues at urinals Bowen Yang, Chris Redd Kieran Culkin Andrew Dismukes uh, Alex Moffat I think Tracy Morgan wandered in at one point Um, yeah but it was like okay so I'm very clearly not a straight white man I've dated straight white men. I've dated straight white men unfortunately Um, but Like, is this what, like, okay, the men that I've dated have all talked about, like, oh, no, when you go into the bathroom, you don't take the urinal next to someone, you leave one in between. And that was not what they were doing in this sketch. And I'm just so happy I'm not a man that I can go into a stall and just do whatever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this etiquette that, like, oh, you don't take this one, you take that? Like, I don't have time for that. I don't understand it. It's weird. Like, it's not gay if you're in a urinal next to someone. No one's looking at your dick. Your dick is not a gift.
1: No, it is not. And no. I will say that my favorite part of this was when, I assume it was the boss, Alex Moffat comes in, and he, he's he goes to the urinal you know, way the fuck over on the side, like I would, <laughs> to be honest. And yes! <laughs> but then his, his thing is, just saying that he killed a man, and it was hilarious. He's like, I killed a man in 2012.
0: And it was like, oh, shit, this took a weird turn. Like, why is this now urinal confessional? Is this what men do in the bathroom? I don't know. I'm
1: not a dude. Yeah. We'll never have to know. Um, the next Thank one is also something that I don't know much about, because it was the jockey. Um
0: Yeah, this is a Um, (laughs) pre-tape. It was some guys betting on horses at a horse race, which, fine, I've been to horse races before, yeah, it's kind of fun, still don't get gambling. You're throwing money away. You're betting on an animal. That's like if I was sitting in my living room and I saw my cats wrestling and I was like, I'm going to put $10 on that one. Like, I don't know who the fuck's going to win. I don't know who has more energy, who slept more today. What the fuck is it? Like, no. Anyway. Yeah, it was basically um, the pre-tape of a jockey. The jockey was, quote-unquote, Toby Bird, portrayed by Karen Culkin. And he was riding a horse like a skateboard. Uh, I really don't have much else to say. I don't, like... It was a pretty Except- good musical
1: sketch I thought. Like the it was um kind of funny and I liked all okay. the instruments that we saw in the sketch that reminded me it was a uh, musical sketch.
0: This I was just like what the fuck is this? Like we've had tiny horse, now we have a jockey pre-tape with a skate- like what are we doing? What a is the obsession content. with
1: horses? Yeah. Yeah. Um and then this ended with him basically getting like what I interpreted as trampled to death by horses. Um, did you not get that vibe? What? Okay. So I could be misreading that. I thought it was trampled to death by horse. Um.
0: No, 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 no. <coughs> did I shake my head? No, I was shaking my head, and I was just like, hang on. <coughs> um, I just like, Didn't understand why this sketch was in the show. So, yeah, like, he got trampled to death by horses, but what was the point? And also, like, Gilda, me, I used to, like, ride horses and do, like, show jumping when I was a kid. And I stopped because I saw a girl fall off of her horse, and the horse almost stepped on her head. Oh, shit. So, at that point, I was like, oh, that's a possibility? <laughs> no fucking thank you. Was it her fault because she didn't tighten the saddle too much? Yes. Should the instructors have double-checked the saddle? Probably. But, no, I, like, I rode horses for, like, three and a half years. I did show jumping, like, over things and Still, riding a horse is still one of my favorite things to this day. I will ride a horse across a a flat prairie until the fucking sunset happens. I love that. But jumps? Nah, fuck that shit. Nah.
1: I cannot get on a horse.
0: Oh my god, it's so much fun. Because you don't have to go fast. They can just walk. The horses are like, yo, we don't gotta run we'll walk, and you're just like riding on the back of a big cat. That's basically what it is. You're riding on a cat.
1: Are cats and horses in the same... No. Are no, they... no, 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 no,
0: no. No, I'm not saying cats and horses are in like the same family or genome or whatever the fuck it's called, but horses and cats, their attitudes and... Um, demeanors can be similar. And so you just climb on a horse, and the horse is like, alright, I'll walk around, I'll explore. And if you're like, go faster, the horse is like, alright, I guess. Why not? And if it doesn't want to, it won't. It's just like riding a big-ass cat. Uh, After the the whatever-the-fuck jockey sketch that was kind of funny but kind of weird, it was just random. Why would you ride a horse like a skateboard? You wouldn't
1: very um, random.
0: Yeah, we go into Ed Sheeran's performance of Shivers, which is one of my favorite songs off of his off of this album. And um I don't know, there's like the moment in the song that they're like and when they say the party's over, then we'll bring it right back and like the the beats are on bring it are on bring and right back and it's just like
1: you can really dance to it, trust me. It um, did feel like a nice dancing song. Yeah, uh, this was, was the only I mean, the, the first song that I've heard off the album, and I really liked it.
0: Okay, yeah, don't, I mean, Bad Habits is eh, but the first song slash single off of an album is never the best, so you can't listen to that. Um, Adam Blackstone was on bass, Uh, He is Justin Timberlake's musical director, and there were a number, like, this band was kind of a who's who of, like, studio musicians, so that was awesome. That being said, the mixing for this performance was fucked, and I don't know if it's because Ed Sheeran just had COVID, and they didn't want to broadcast his vocals. I have no idea, but it was like, I could barely hear his voice. And the drums were, like, right in my ears. And as a drummer, I was like, oh, cool. But as a viewer of Saturday Night Live, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, why am I hearing the drums and not Ed Sheeran? So, that was
1: my... I thought that was just my shitty iPad quality. I was like, ah, damn. That makes more sense.
0: No, the mixing for the musical performances was fucked. I noted it on Twitter. A number of people... Agreed, and I saw a number of other tweets that were like, why the fuck can't I
1: hear Ed Sheeran? So, work on your mixing, dudes! Damn. Uh, we went into Weekend Update and it started off pretty good. Colin Jost had a great joke about LaGuardia's bathrooms. Um, <laughs> a bit too real. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and <laughs> I think probably one of my favorite, like, little gags in the whole Weekend Update in this episode. No, this this was, I'm going to say about everything. Okay, one that I really liked that came pretty early in this was uh, um, when, I think it was Colin Jost was like, oh, when has more internet ever been bad for America? And then the image behind him was the insurrection.
0: Yes, that was Colin Jost. I made note of that too. Um, I spelled internet wrong when I wrote it down, and for a solid six seconds there, I'm like, more what? And I'm trying to figure out what I wrote, and it's like, oh, that was just, like, a typo, but with handwriting. Um, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, something about, um, Youngkin, the guy in Virginia, whose son tried to vote illegally twice that day. He tried to cast ballots illegally for his father at two different precincts, because, you know, that's how voting works. Um, A, you can't Yikes. vote till you're 18. Whether you agree with that or not, which I don't, um, you can't do it. Anyway, uh, something about white women and... <laughs> Uh, White women that hadn't gone to college were the driving force behind uh, Youngkin's win. And Michael Che made a joke that that was his Tinder settings. And I was just like, oh, god
1: damn, sir.
0: Like, fuck you. I'm a white woman.
1: Michael Che, he had... He, he was laughing quite a bit throughout this. Yeah. I noticed he had some lines that were really good. Um, like the Pfizer pill. Yeah. Making you harder than trigonometry. <laughs> I really liked that because I really hate trigonometry. Math in general. <laughs> and what is I, that? A simile?
0: I have never taken a trigonometry class. I have taken pre-algebra, algebra, geometry, I skipped senior year math because I was like, well, that's not going to help me get into college. I should take something else that I'm good at. And then in undergrad, I did stats, which I really enjoyed. So trigonometry, no fucking thank you.
1: Yeah, not fun. Um, Keenan Thompson was on as Ice Cube, and this was a really fun little segment. It started off a little bit slow, I thought, but then he was talking to Michael Che. He was like, check it out, Bozo, and he had all his um, sort of projects that were in progress. My favorite was Mamma Mia Cubed.
0: (laughs) That was funny. Um, There was something about... One hundred and six to zero. Apology accepted," said the Jets. And I have no idea. College football team. The what?
1: It was a college football team.
0: High school? I think it was high school.
1: Oh yikes!
0: It was a high school football. Yeah. Um. There was a joke about Smith ending student loans, which I was both. Very happy for students of Smith. Irritated for me, who decided not to apply to Smith. Um, and, uh, yeah, student loans suck. Public, yeah, anyway.
1: Student loans suck. Forgive them all. They do suck. Um, speaking of sucking, there was a very unfortunate joke about Gonzo's dick, made by Michael Trey, um, about the nose size being correlated with your dick size, and
0: oh, okay, yeah. I sorry, the connection got weird for the first part of that, and I didn't even write that down. So I was just like, okay, cool, Gonzo's dick, dick yeah. size, cool. Um, yeah, there was something about an eighty-one-year-old pharmacist trading sex for pills, and the joke was, oh, Bill Cosby's a pharmacist now. And I laughed, and I shouldn't have, but it was funny. Um, And then we get to the absolute best part of Weekend Update and potentially the best part of this show, where we have Cecily Strong as Goober the Clown who had an abortion at 23.
1: Yes, this was such a great way for them to talk about abortion on a late-night comedy show. Um, Like, Cecily really did so well in this. She really did, and she wrote about this in her
0: book, but writing about it in a book where, you know, SNL fans and people that like you will buy it, and talking about something on national live television is a very different those are two very different things hang on one second
1: and also she did that like sorry to interrupt but like she did that while um keeping up this whole clown thing really well
0: right and as someone noted under my my tweet which y'all responded to real well thanks um It's like, so she was playing a clown that had an abortion at 23. And at some point, Colin said, hey, Cecily, are you doing this? And it was a powerful reveal in that, okay, it's not just, quote-unquote, Goober the Clown. It's Cecily herself. She's talking about this. Clown is synonymous with comedian. She's a comedian. And... Like, it was just so fucking well done and well thought out. It was honestly one of, if not the best segments that I have seen on Weekend Update in the 15 years I have been watching Weekend Update. Like, I was floored. I was moved to tears. And... (laughs) The comment at the end where she was like, yeah, you're going to have to disable comments on this one. And I was just like, "Ugh," because it's such like it shouldn't be such an act of not rebellion, but like it shouldn't be such a thing to stand up and say, hey, I've had an abortion. I personally have not. You know, I'm incredibly privileged in that I've had access to adequate birth control and I have not had to worry about having an abortion, like, so, I, I just, yeah, for her to do this, I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Thank you, and I love you. So, yeah, that, that's my thing to Cecily Strong is thank you for being so vocal about something that is so common, but no one talks about. Because, as she says, like, "Oh, if you if you have a clown abortion and." It's not because of clown cest, people look down on it because it's not a quote-unquote righteous abortion. And it's, you know what, if you don't want to be pregnant, you shouldn't have to be pregnant. Childbirth is traumatic. One of my friends just went through a horrible experience having a child. And I cannot even imagine. And she wanted said child, obviously the kid's really cute. Um, But yeah. Anyway, I was like, moved to fucking tears by this. And I just hope that, you know, it's... I don't know. I
1: hope it does good.
0: I hope the YouTube clip goes far and does well.
1: Yeah. uh, Chesley herself was also definitely moved to tears by the end of this. It was really beautiful to see. And like, honestly whenever abortion is talked about in mainstream media, it's always kind of totally misrepresented and shown as this, like, big thing that it isn't always. And so it's good to see somebody who has actually experienced it get to talk about it on such a platform.
0: Right. Yeah. <coughs> um, and that's – it's like – It shouldn't just be, oh, you had an abortion because you were assaulted or because you were... I don't want to trigger anyone. Um, Because you were assaulted or because there was... It's like, you should be able to get this because you don't want to have a child. That is an acceptable reason. Like, yeah. Anyway. Mega feminist. Moving on. Go on. (laughs)
1: Please, take it. Um... Yeah, so this ended, and we went right into a sketch that featured Cecily Strong, um, pretty prominently. She was a news person alongside Ken Thompson, and this was like a little Rhode Island news station. And this whole sketch was about the weatherman who was, uh, fuck, how do you pronounce his name? Kieran Culkin? Yeah. Kieran was a weatherman who had also prepared a turkey costume rap performance. And <laughs> because he was preparing that, he missed the, whatever, the Doppler Raider, I don't fucking know, um, that would have told him about <laughs> this big old storm.
0: Yeah, he was like doing a Thanksgiving, he was turkey tom, quote unquote. Um, and there was a segment. They were like, "Oh, here is uh this Boy Scout leader and his troops on the beach doing trash pickup," and Andrew Dismukes was just like totally wholesome. And then it goes to Karen Calkin, and an alert comes across the screen that is like, "It's a severe storm approaching." Take only what you need. Leave your pets. Which I was like, oh my god, no! I could never leave my babies. I would grab my babies before I put them in like the carrier. I would just grab them and go.
1: Yeah, the announcement was so dramatic. Oh um, my god! Did not need to be was. that dramatic.
0: No, it did not, and it like gave me slight stress because like even though yes, fine, I know I'm watching Saturday Night Live. I do not like these emergency weather alerts at any time ever, especially when they bleep up on my phone and they're just like, we're going to override your noise settings and let you know there's a storm coming. Um, <coughs> uh, yeah. I thought that they were like, oh my God, this Nor'easter, it's coming in real quick. And I'm like, that is not a nor'easter. That is a hurricane. A nor'easter comes from the west. The it was like a hurricane
1: barreling up the east coast. It was fully a hurricane. I was like, "What? What the Dickens is going on here?" Um,
0: well, it, <laughs> what the Dickens! And ever since Cecily said "What the dick" on we had an update, I have said it like four times and. It has not been received well, so lesson learned. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, didn't uh, Colin say something like, you can't say that. Anyways. Yeah, um, he was like,
0: you can't say that on TV. And she's like, what, abortion? And he's (laughs) like, well, yeah, sure. Why not?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Really crazy. Not crazy. Just really great. We went into Ed Sheeran's performance of Overpass Graffiti.
0: Oh, one more good. thing. Um, there was I, I laughed at um I think it was Cecily Strong asking Punky Johnson, the news correspondent, uh, any sign of the storm? And Punky Johnson was like, Yeah! As like the waves and water are pounding her. And someone asked where are the boy scouts and i cannot remember who it was i did not note it i am very high i believe it was punky uh, johnson
1: who said the sea took the boy scouts
0: the sea took them yes
1: yeah it was, was like hilarious. where are the boy scouts the sea took them i was dying
0: anyway sorry please talk about ed
1: Sheeran. i don't really have much to say about ed sheeran he's ed sheeran you know the drill I wrote Ed Sheeran squared overpass graffiti it's okay
0: he just needs to start experimenting with something else beyond the pop rap vibe he's got going
1: so. yeah um, then we had a please don't destroy video as the 10 to 1
0: yeah um, this might have been the first miss with please don't destroy Um, it was John Higgins calling his girlfriend, trying to get her back, and the other two—I can't remember their names—were like, "Call her and tell her what you know. Tell her this. Like, tell her what you just said." He's like, "Oh my God, she's my soul. She's the best." And then she picks
1: up, and he's like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, it was so strange. Um, and he had a passed the phone around, and they all kept just saying, fuck you, fuck you. Um, yeah. And then it's, like,
0: they handed the phone back to him, and he was so, like, emotional and, like, oh, my God, I love you, I want you back. And then they were, like, oh, it's on mute. And he unmutes
1: it, and he's, like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like talking about it, I don't know. I can't tell if it was funnier then or now. Um, I, it's a weird I don't level, know. Not a weird level. A weird flavor of humor.
0: Yeah, this was like dude humor, and like, I'm sure it hit with some segment of the SNL fandom, but not this segment because I'm not a dude. Um, but it did seem funny, like. I could tell it was funny, and I was amused by it. I just didn't understand it because I don't – I'm not a guy. So whatever. Um, we had a cut for time.
1: Yes, the cut for time was a guy named Brandon talking about the Let's Go Brandon phenomenon, which is something that I would sort of heard of but didn't really know much about. And this was a really, like, entertaining way to bring it into this. Um, Kyle Mooney was Brandon and he was, you know, cute little moon eyed, happy Brandon, because everyone's been cheering him on saying, let's go Brandon. And then, um, like, first of all, the character was so cute. I'm pretty sure at one point he tried to make a joke about like, oh, he's living with his aunt, but he's not Spider-Man. And then he says that the support from the internet has... Enabled him to pursue his dreams, which is cookie creations, which is just cookies and shapes, which is... <laughs> it was square cookies.
0: Um, yeah, he was like, wait, so when my uncle posted, let's go Brandon, he wasn't cheering me on? And this all stems from when a NASCAR driver won a race, and the people behind in the stands were chanting, fuck Joe Biden, and the newscaster was like, ah, I think they're saying, let's go Brandon! And so that's where it comes from. Oh, I
1: could not figure out where it had come from. Oh.
0: So, yeah, it
1: was like some fucking
0: NASCAR... Uh, like chant and people were saying fuck joe biden but because the woman interviewing the guy that won the race was like oh i think they're saying let's go brandon because maybe his name is brandon i don't know i am not a nascar fan when my mother was like oh my god did you hear about the southwest pilot who said let's go brandon on the flight and I was like, what the oh fuck God. does any of that mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> she cold called me and was like, do you know about the Southwest pilot that said, let's go, Brandon? And I was like, I, I might be having a stroke. I'm, I don't know if you are talking about, like, I had no clue. So, yeah, after a bit of research, that's the deal. That was the weekend update, cut for time. That they posted the rest of the sketches.
1: Who knows? Maybe we'll see in the future.
0: Uh, what was your nope of the night?
1: Um, my nope of the night was okay. Well, I'm gonna go on ahead and say the cold open was my nope of the night because it was not great, and I think cold opens need to be fantastic.
0: I actually... I would agree with that. Um, I would... Yeah, the cold open... It was like, okay, there's a premise here. And if the cold open had been four minutes, it would have been awesome. Um, Yeah, the note of the night was a bummer. I was just like, okay, well, let's dance to the credits and hope the monologue's better. And it was. Um... My nope of the night was the jockey pre-tape. I have no idea what the fuck that was supposed to be about. I didn't find it funny. It was weird. And can we stop doing the horse shit? Thanks.
1: Yeah. I think my runner-up was the Spectrum Cable uh, call sketch. I... Actually, as I am saying this, would like to change my mind. <laughs> it's hard because <laughs> I, <laughs> I did my notes on my phone. I don't normally do that.
0: <laughs> oh, no. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I would like to change my mind and say that my runner-up was the Dion Warwick talk show. Obviously, huh. really good shit right here.
0: Okay. Um, can I keep that in? You changing your mind? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was hilarious. I'm so happy um, fighting for my life. So my runner-up, I thought it was going to be Wake Up Rhode Island, but I went back and I watched like five different sketches, including Wake Up Rhode Island and what I think is my actual runner-up, excuse me, burp, um, wh- which was Karen Culkin's monologue.
1: Yeah, it was great.
0: I, yeah, I really liked the energy. It was like a very nervous Roman from, it was just, okay, so Kieran Culkin is Roman from Succession. You have to watch Succession. You have my HBO. Please do it. Um, Worst case scenario, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. We'll watch it when we're finishing your secretary desk. I don't care. (laughs) Um, But His monologue was adorable in how he reflected on the first time he was on SNL in the early 90s, which he said was like 30 years ago, almost to the day. And I was like, oh, baby, you have nostalgia feelings. Um, Yeah, that was my runner up. But uh, what was your
1: best? My best was Cecily on Weekend Update. Hell yeah! Same! (laughs) I...
0: Honestly, I I mean, watching both classic updates and current updates and having watched the past oh, say, I don't know, 15 years of weekend updates, this was it was incredible. I yeah. I just it was such a pointed piece, so well written and so like, oh, I'm a clown, blah blah, but like it was it was the best weekend update correspondent segment. I've ever seen. And Cecily was 100% my player of the night. So.
1: Yeah, that was such a great clip. And I hope the YouTube comments aren't horrible.
0: I hope they're not horrible. I showed it to my coworker today and she was like, fuck yes, that was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's anyway. Great. Um, yeah, you can find us online. We have a website, satnighthighpod.com. Uh, you can reach us... Oh, don't... Ah, oh, God. I've, it's been a while since we've recorded. Um, we are on all of the major podcast platforms. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. We have a website, satnighthighpod.com, and uh, you
1: can reach us at gmail at satnighthighpod. And on social media, we're at satnighthighpod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter, but then we also have Reddit, YouTube, and um, some other shit. I don't know. Facebook?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're on Facebook. Life's been weird lately. Are we on Facebook? But um, no, I love interacting with you guys on Twitter uh, when there's a live show. I may or may not be live tweeting on Saturday. Who the fuck knows? knows. My life is a mess. Uh, yeah. But until Me next time, <laughs> I'm Gilda.
1: And I'm Steph. Happy messy life. Happy highs. highs. Wait, what'd you say? I said messy life highs.
0: Happy messy life highs. Okay, yes, that's valid. Okay, yep, all right, well, I'm done.